This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, September 20th. For the News and Observer and NC Insider, I'm Brian Murphy, your host for this episode of Under the Dome. I'm joined this week by the prolific Don Vaughn, covering all things state government for the News and Observer. Don, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. (laughs) Um, This week, we'll we'll talk about three things that that might be coming in the week ahead. Uh, The budget, the budget, the budget. It's been a staple of this podcast for for several weeks and maybe for several more. Uh, You wrote a story uh, last week about the status of the budget, where do we stand and might we have a budget by that Halloween? I think, I think Halloween might, I think, man, if I say Halloween and it's not Halloween, but I feel like even before Halloween, Columbus day. So that might be pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Columbus day and Halloween. I'm going to say October, uh, 20, 20 something. Uh, so what's different this time and why, when I say soon, I mean like a, a, a month from now, uh, but what Speaker Moore told reporters after, so we're down to just the chambers are barely doing anything. And so the House was only in session for four votes one day this past week. And this week, it's probably only going to be Thursday. So Moore talked to reporters after the session this past week, and um, he said that they're they're hoping the House and the Senate to send their private version of the conference budget to Cooper sometime this week. That's their goal. But the goalposts have moved so many times. So I could see maybe they'll send it to Cooper this week. Maybe it'll be next week. And then that kicks the can, you know, just further, further down each time. And what's different is that they're going to very quietly, they don't want to say publicly what, what they're pitching to Cooper and any of this back and forth until they actually have some sort of agreement. But the big thing is when they actually have an agreement, assuming they have an agreement, it'll pass the chambers and Cooper will sign it. So that process won't drag out in the way that if they just finish the conference budget, send it to Cooper and he he vetoed it for whatever reason and they tried for the override. So we're, we're, we're getting there. It's, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Most everyone listening to this podcast probably understands the process, but right now the house and Senate are working on their budget together. They're going to loop in the democratic governor Cooper uh, before they go public with it so that Cooper can negotiate some of the things he wants in the budget. And hopefully all three parties will reach an agreement. Then they can kind of rush it through, through the floor and, and it'll be signed into law. Like you just said, and we won't have to, uh, worry about veto overrides and, and dragging this out on the back end. So all, all the time is being sucked up now on the front end. Yeah, I think everyone's optimistic, including all of the, the key players, because, you know, people are are tired of not getting their raises. They're tired of not getting, which is probably going to be tax cuts. And they just want their leaders to just do it. So there's that, you know, there's that incentive that people are, are tired of it and just just get it done. Well, if you can't pass a budget when you have, what, a $5 billion surplus, then you really can never pass a budget. Yeah, more than that, even. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's raining the gif of, like, just, like, the, you know, money everywhere. Like, that's that's North Carolina right now. There's so much money. There's so much federal money. There is just, 
an enormous amount of money to spend. You can make everybody happy in general, not like there, I would be shocked if all of a sudden Republicans said, oh, Governor Cooper, here's Medicaid expansion or something like that. Because there, there are certain things they'll dig in on no matter what. But there's enough money for tax cuts. There's enough money for raises. There's enough money for bonuses. There's enough money for capital projects, for infrastructure. So many things could actually get done if they get this done. Let's move on to the second item that's taken up a lot of the lawmakers' time, and that's these redistricting hearings that are continuing around the state. Uh, Last week, there were several, including one in Durham. Um, Are are we learning anything from these redistricting hearings, or is this sort of a pro forma step that we need to take before we can get to the map drawing process? It's funny, you know, Will Doran is our man on redistricting, and he covered the, the Durham one, and his his Twitter thread of you know what each of the speakers uh, were saying was that come back to us after you have these draft maps and that we want to talk about it then. Now is that going to happen? I don't know, uh, but uh, that's kind of you know show us something to to comment on in general to there and and uh, you know people who are legislative uh, building veterans will be. Uh, you know, pleased, entertained to know that Senator Floyd McKissick, who has won the Oxmeter, I think only once, but probably deserved it about 50 times, uh, got up to speak and had a lot of uh, technical corrections he wanted he wanted to make that he wanted them to uh, to take into consideration. So McKissick is uh, still going to, you know, talk for a while with a lot of technical things, whether he's in office or not. <laughs> the, you know, the, there's obviously a ton of attention at the statewide level. They're going to redraw the House and the Senate. Um, there's also a lot of interest in, in the federal uh, congressional districts and where they get drawn, uh, especially with North Carolina getting a 14th seat. Uh, lots of speculation about people who may or may not be interested in running for that 14th seat. And so, you know, how they draw those congressional districts, uh, getting a lot of attention in, in states like Iowa right now, uh, New York, states where, um, you know, just by based on how you draw the districts, you may give one party or the other an advantage in who holds the U.S. House. So certainly a lot to be determined by what they end up drawing in these districts. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, Madison Cawthorn is good at getting a lot of attention on himself, but there are actually a lot of other members of Congress too. Um, But as far as people running, I think, you know, everyone's looking at Speaker Moore. What are you going to run for? Is there going to be a district for, and he's, he's probably, I think the biggest name of the, you know, what is this going to mean? Um, with these districts at the end and and who's going to run when. And that's kind of the season that we're, we're starting of the you know speculation. Yeah, we just found out last week that Verla Insko, the longest serving Democrat in the in the House, is not going to run for re-election. Uh, Wiley Nickel is already talking about running, although where exactly may depend on, on where those uh, House districts are drawn. Um, you would think most of these announcements would be made around this time to give people time to to run in December where the filing period starts in December, but because they're still in session, some of these announcements are coming, you know, while they're in chamber. Yeah. And, it, and it, some people who say they're not going to run might change their mind. Cause I remember that happened two years ago where um, I'm trying, I think it was McElraft who said that she wasn't going to run and then ended up running. And then, so people are kind of testing things out, deciding, I think certain people like represent Insco have decided, you know, this is like now is the time. This is where I'm going to do this, regardless of, of anything else. But I think there'll be a few surprises, and you know the overall the the General Assembly. There's so many of them that it doesn't change too significantly. Um, but certainly some of them that are higher profile than others. You know whether they're there or not makes a big difference. 
And then, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the budget and redistricting. What else may happen in, in this session? I mean, we're we're dragging on here, but what what else may the House and the Senate get done before they before they end? Well, the Senate is already like they're ready. So they, you know, Senator Rabin said a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be, you know, shutting down these policy committees soon, which is basically all of the ones except for rules. Um, obviously, redistricting is different. But uh, the Senate will take up the energy bill. They'll do things that have already passed the House. The House, uh, Speaker Moore said the other day that they're still going to have policy committees. And I said, well, if the Senate's not going to do anything with if you're going to send, you know, and it's like, well, you know, we'll, we're still doing this. And and what it might end up looking like with the House policy committees is things that the Senate has already sent them. Um, and if anything changes, it can, you know, can just go back for concurrent. So it looks like, you know, the marijuana bill, I don't know if that's going to have a future this session or not, or if we're looking at next year for that. Um, energy seems like it will get done. Uh, the House just passed the collusive settlements of the Attorney General one, which is a very, very likely Cooper veto. And what they ended up kicking the can on, uh, I use that phrase a lot, but that's that's what our government does, uh, is the Emergency Powers Bill, which they were supposed to uh, pass on this past Thursday, but the main sponsor, Keith Kidwell, is out and they want to wait for him to come back. So that's what they're going to do this Thursday. And that was in the budget, right? <laughs> The, the emergency powers was in the budget. I doubt Cooper's going to sign a bill that has the emergency powers in it. So they may have to run it separately and let him veto that so as not to torpedo the entire budget. Well, that's a key play right there with the collusive settlements one and with the emergency powers. It's them saying now, as they're about to have these, you know, budget negotiations behind closed doors, by the way, we still really want this and we're mad about it. And if we decide in the end not to put it in the budget, we're going to make you veto it so we can trot that out at campaign time or something. Another bill that's um, making its way and we're not sure it's going to get done is the sports wagering bill, which the Senate has passed. The House kicked to its committees uh, last week, and we'll see what those committees do with it. Um, you know, lots of other states are adopting sports, sports wagering. It'll be interesting to see how quickly North Carolina moves in that direction. And I think they could end up taking up more things if, if things drag out a little bit with the budget, if they're going to have to be around longer anyway. They're like, yeah, let's go ahead and like get this bill done. Do you think marijuana, which is something we've covered a lot, gets done? Maybe. But, you know, that Moore's comment, you know, to me the other day about like, we're not really done, are we? You know, and and because North Carolina doesn't have a day that they have to be done. So surprises can come up. It can it can show up in a variety of, of different ways. And, and Berger has you know alluded to that um, in a similar way too about when you think a bill is dead, it's never dead. Um, so how it turns up again. So it could be this if you think about the biennium session. It could be next year. Um, but if it's going to happen before the end of 2021, I don't, I don't know. Our colleague uh, Lucille Sherman wrote last week about the. The, the pay, the pay factor for, for a lot of these, uh, for the entire legislature and how little they actually get paid. And now it's dragging out to be almost an entire year in session um, with, with lots of breaks and non-breaks. And I, I wonder if at some point the, the legislature is going to have to deal with that issue of, should we have shorter sessions or should we should we get paid more money if we're going to be here from, you know, all year and, and dragging these things out into, uh, you know, sessions that never seem to end? 
Yeah, it's set up to be that gentleman farmer type of job, you know, or a bunch of lawyers or consultants or retirees. And it's not really representative of, you know, working North Carolina at all by design. And don't forget, even though they get paid very little in taxpayer money, the taxpayers are paying their per diem every single day. And it's automatic, you know, depending like when they're driving to and from. But I know they're frustrated, too. And I mean, it's a process they have control over. But at the same time, you know, um, they also gripe about the back and forth. And I'm, I'm sure their families aren't excited. I remember we had the, was it two years ago or last year, a Halloween session, which I pieced out of a little bit earlier that night and asked Will if he could stay because I wanted to go trick-or-treating with my kids. So I could see that. And so did the lawmakers, you know. So, um, you know, they, they cause the problem, but they also complain about the problem, which is, you know, government. It was not intended to be uh, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas still around here uh, in Raleigh at that time, but uh, that's that's what it's turning into. Um, follow Dawn on Twitter, read all of her stuff in the News and Observer. She's writing a lot these days, and, and we appreciate that. And you and Brian, our new NC Insider editor, make sure you follow him, subscribe to the Insider, and find out everything that's going on at the building. Yeah, the, my I will be moving to North Carolina uh, in the middle of October. So it's a race between me and the budget at this point. Um, <laughs> we'll see which one of us gets down there first, gets finished first. Um, for Don Vaughn, I'm Brian Murphy. Thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the News and Observer and NC Insiders Under the Dome. We'll see you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.